Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you to a very special five-part podcast series on the Hughes, Hubbard, and Reed Fall 2019 FCPA and Anti-Bribery Alert, which was recently released. In this five-part podcast series, we take a look at five separate areas that are touched upon in the alert. They include an overview of the alert, the U.S. FCPA component, the French developments in anti-bribery, anti-corruption, enforcement, and compliance programs, multilateral development banks and their role in the fight against bribery and corruption. And we conclude with a review of anti-bribery enforcement in Brazil, along with Brazilian authorities' embracement of compliance. The alert is a significant piece of research But more importantly than simply listing cases, it gives you a deep dive into the analysis of both anti-bribery, anti-corruption enforcement, but also policy announcements by regulators and other uh, commentary from countries outside the United States about the state of compliance and where it's going going forward. In this part one, I visit with Kevin Abacoff, partner at Hughes Hubbard, who gives us an overview of the alert. This special series on the Hughes Hubbard Fall 2019 FCPA and Anti-Bribery Alert has been a special production of the Clients Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and we are starting a five-part exploration or overview of the Hughes Hubbard 2019 FCPA Alert. Today, I'm extraordinarily pleased to have with me Kevin Abacoff. He's a partner at Hughes Hubbard and one of the co-producers of the alert. So, Kevin, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Of course. It's my pleasure. So, Kevin, uh, can we just jump right into this? And if I could ask, how long has the firm been producing this alert? So, we started doing this, and and the we here is the royal we, if you don't mind me saying so. The royal we is me. Uh, this, This was kind of my brainchild back in 2007, I think the first... Uh, alert came out in 2008, and back in the early years, we were doing uh, a twice annual update, although that became too ambitious. But 2008 uh, was our beginning, and it, it was born from an idea that clients were coming to me uh, as the FCPA was relatively new, and this was really a creature initially of the FCPA. Uh, it's, it's obviously something more evolved today than that, but it was a creature of the FCPA back in those days, and people who were beginning to get into the space, that is, clients who were beginning to have a greater interest in it because of the enforcement activity and the prosecution activity surrounding it uh, in, in the early days of this, were saying that there wasn't a good resource out there. And so I, I surveyed the landscape myself, and I found that there was some decent stuff that would do uh, a review of annual development and just summarize cases. But I didn't find that there was anything out there that did a deeper analysis, looked at uh, trends, looked at enforcement trends, looked at lessons where people could really pull it out and in an hour or two get themselves up to speed on what the developments were in the area that year, and then, and then have it to use as a training guide themselves, which is what our aim was, to give people something that they could take a deep dive, but also something that they could spend an hour or two with, 
uh, and, and get a sense of what had happened in the last year and what they needed to take away from it and what they needed to uh, send out to the troops to train the trainers and then let them do the training. That was the concept. So, Kevin, you've certainly, uh, you and the firm have certainly been able to achieve that uh, goal. It's one of the resources that I certainly look forward to receiving and uh, digest as much as I can when it comes out. And one of the things I've always wanted to ask you is about the introduction, because in every introduction, uh, as, as would seem to even have become a tradition, you begin the alert with a quote and theme from an entertainer who um, went up to rock and roll heaven uh, the previous year. So uh, I was wondering if you could tell us about that and then maybe talk a little bit about this year's introduction. Sure. So we, we always, uh, again, the, the, just the royal we, <laughs> I think, again, this, this might have been something that was my idea. Uh, always want to have a way to capture your reader um, and uh, bring them in, draw them in, and, and have them find something interesting and different so they'll keep reading. And the concept uh, of finding a, a quote from somebody who was dearly departed in that year came about, you know, almost from the beginnings uh, and has continued. And uh, I get lots of messages from people, probably more about the quote than, than almost anything else. So it's it certainly it served its purpose. And we try to find something that uh, we, it gives us an ability to do a shout-out to compliance people. And this year was was no different. Uh, and the, the catch line here, uh, uh, if you want to go to heaven, you have to raise a little hell. Uh, when when I came across that line, uh, as I was surveying the people who were dearly departed this year, it seemed like a perfect metaphor uh, for uh, people who find themselves uh, in the compliance role in, in, in these treacherous days uh, as we end this decade. <laughs> so the the uh, lyric that uh, Kevin just quoted comes from the song, If You Want to Get to Heaven, and it was released in 1973 by the Ozark Mountain Daredevils, and someone who was in high school in that time, I certainly remember this, uh, way before there was MTV, there were uh, uh, music shows on Friday night on television, and the Ozark Mountain Daredevils were prominently featured along with this hit, so it was uh, kind of a great look back for me in remembrance of uh, kind of part of my life it was many years ago. But uh, the, the other thing I've always been intrigued about, Kevin, is um, what makes the Hughes-Hubbard alert different? You spoke about the analysis and the desire to really put to both the lawyer, the defense lawyer, the white-collar practitioner, and the compliance practitioner a um, analysis of enforcement trends. You do obviously talk about Cases, but it's it's really much broader and much deeper than that. So I was wondering if you could talk about uh, what really, in your mind, makes the uh, Hughes Hubbard Alert uh, a little bit different than some of the other alerts that are now put out annually. Sure, and 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 I think I think you've landed right on it. You know, the depth and breadth is what we're about. I think uh, people who practice in this space could do a reasonable job of summarizing any of the recent cases, and and that's great. What we try to do uh, in in each of these, and and the newest one that that's on its way to the press is now is no different, is give an enforcement trend analysis, and we don't try to do that in 50 pages. We do it in uh, four or five pages, 
<clears throat> and then we try to, to get a top side view of what are the lessons learned. If you step back from all of it, and not just this year, but the last several years, what are the things you really need to know if you're going to be out there uh, is practicing? And what 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 uh, what does it tell you as a, you know, a, a lawyer in-house, as a lawyer outside, or as a compliance professional? Uh, and some of them will be obvious and some of them less so. The other thing, you know, we talk about depth. I think that's the depth. The breadth part is this this area of law has moved well beyond just the U.S. and well beyond just the FCPA, and we've really tried to grow with it. Uh, we focus on uh, <coughs> excuse me, particular countries where we punch out the analysis, and we have, as a regular part of it, the U.K. Bribery Act, but now uh, the French Sapandu, the, the La Sapandu. Uh, we punch out Brazil, China, Mexico. In other years, we've done the same with Canada, Norway, Italy. And so we try to give this a global perspective and also focus on multilateral development banks and the important cases they bring uh, through their debarment proceedings, not just the World Bank, but the African Development Bank and others. And that's really, in my mind, Kevin, borne home by the fact that only half of this year's alert is uh, related to the FCPA and half is related to international uh, enforcement uh, trends and development. So it certainly, uh, I think, is a great way for the compliance practitioner to get the the truly global view. And for any company which is subject to the FCPA, they're going to be subject to a wide variety of other uh, international anti-corruption regimes outside the United States. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's certainly the way we've seen our practice as well. It's not just the U.S. Rarely is there any significant case which is just a U.S. case alone. Uh, there's always the uh, multilateral development banks in the mix uh, or uh, other nation states that are looking at the same set of uh, potentially inappropriate transactions. Kevin, uh, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me today, and I look forward to uh, continuing the conversation with your colleagues. Very much look forward to it as well. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode in our special five-part podcast series on the Hughes-Hubbard Fall 2019 FCPA and anti-bribery alert. I've linked to it in the show notes, and I would urge you to Check it out, download it, and read it at your leisure. There's lots packed into it. And of course, best of all is the price, which is it's free. This special podcast series has been a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.